Did you know that an executive assistant might be the most important person you lack at your business? How do you hire, promote, and grow these veritable Swiss Army knives in your organization? Today, an interview with Gretchen Moran on The Buck Stops Here. Today, we have uh, Gretchen Moran here with us, and uh, she's the owner of Simply Living KC. She's a master organizer and served in the corporate sector as an executive assistant for decades. She's worked in oil and gas and healthcare and accounting, auditing. She's worked in a lot of different organizations we've built at the very highest levels. And with all of that, today, she's going to share her information on how to hire kind of that crucial linchpin in every organization. No, it's not your bookkeeper. It is your executive assistant. If you are a business owner, then this is one of those things that can kind of triple or quadruple your productivity, having the right executive assistant. So, Gretchen, I want to thank you. Welcome you back to the show again. Uh, thanks for spending time with you. That seems kind of weird because we were just on this show. Um, thank you, David, for having me. Super <laughs> excited. I'm so glad you're here again. It's amazing. Um, so um, you served as an executive assistant for years in the corporate space. Will you just, for those of us listening who are not familiar with what exactly an executive assistant does, could you talk a little bit about that and how that is different in many organizations from the administrative assistant? What is the difference? What do they do? I wouldn't say it's necessarily different. Um, I think it's maybe years of experience. Um, so as I started out in um, kind of entry-level roles earlier in my career, um, I just built up a wider array of skills and knowledge and ability, um, professionalism. Um, and then when I came into the world of um, executive um, support roles, um, it's just a higher level, um, higher level of experience, um, higher level of confidentiality and trust and skill and ability as well. Okay. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like this person's kind of a Swiss army knife of skills. They have to kind of become good at a whole bunch of different things. I love that term that you have. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. So tell me kind of at, at the at that level. So they've been doing this work for years and they kind of have migrated into the executive assistant role. Now they're working with people at the C-suite. What does that job kind of profile look like? What all do they do? What all do they handle? What are they trusted with? I would say for any suite level, um, a C-suite level executive, um, number one is helping them to manage their calendar. Um, as you can imagine, um, much like a business owner, a CEO has lots of um, supporting staff underneath them. You know, other other executives may report to them. Supervisors, managers may either to report directly to them or, or funnel through to them through um, other um, more vice president or uh, other supervisor director roles. Um, and so um, in that, that role is super vital um, with communication um, and calendaring between meetings and emails and just managing kind of their day-to-day -day schedule throughout the day through the po people that report to them, um, other people that they need to connect with um, either in the organization or outside of the organization. So they are the key communicator and scheduler of that executive. Um, so why... Why is an executive, why do you need them? I mean, I manage my own calendar. It's totally fine, right? Uh, by the way, that's that's a lie. I would say, how's that working for you? 
<laughs> well, that's always a good question, yes. right? Um, well, I guess it's the, the question is, so, so why do you need them? What, what does this really free up for the executive? I mean, number one, it frees up time for them. Um, you know, like we, we talked about in our, in our previous conversation, um, time is money. Um, so if an executive is spending or a business owner is, is spending um, time in their day doing things that do not move the business forward or move the organization forward, um, they're kind of not necessarily spending their wheels, but they're, they're doing activities um, that are not moving things forward. So the quicker that you can realize and determine what those activities are that you can delegate um, the, the faster you're going to be able to grow and be able to move things forward in, in your organization. So I guess the follow-up question for them is, okay, so you've been running your organization for a while. What would kind of the, um, for lack of a, very, a, a better term, what would kind of be the canary in a coal mine, the warning signs that you need these people? If you are missing important meetings, um, either something didn't get scheduled on your calendar or you missed an important um, communication, maybe that came through your emails or came through the mail or a voicemail, something that you missed um, that was vital to your business. Um, that's kind of a, that to me is, is a, an indicator that you need some help. And if I would say, not that it just happens one time, but if that happens multiple times, because um, what, what's happening is you're, you're hurting your credibility. Um, and not showing up for a meeting that you were supposed to be at, um, or you were late, really late to a meeting, and that happens consistently. Um, that's a that's a key indicator that you really need some help managing your time um, and your communication a little better. So this is the big part of this. Uh, you know, what do you look for, and and how do you hire them? How do you? Because you said it's kind of a continuum, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people starting out may start as administrative assistants, mm -hmm. and they kind of grow into this role. Um, big corporations are legion with, um, you know, the kind of people who, and it, and it said like you know some of the biggest corporations on the planet, you know, um, SpaceX and Tesla Motors. Um, Elon Musk had an executive assistant, and she. When she worked for the organization for like 10 years, she was the person who's like, oh, if you want to get something done, you talk to, to her. Mm -hmm. She puts it on the calendar. She makes sure these things happen. And, and I have noticed that uh, a repeating strong skill that seems to be across all these people, as I've read about books, managing up these other kind of things, um, they said that one of the things an executive assistant needs to be is a lot of times they can be a better communicator than even their boss because they have to... I guess they have to kind of grease the wheel, so to speak, with both the boss and and so the boss says something and maybe it comes across in the wrong way. So it's kind of like they're doing a pseudo HR role a little bit. They're kind of sometimes putting out fires to say, well, what this person means to do, she meant the following or or you know, this is what's going on. Or you have to understand that the boss is incredibly busy right now. They're working on 45 different projects. You know, they just spent 115 hours getting this video game they're, they've gone to gold with, they spent 115 hours the past four weeks in a row getting us to launch. So they're really short on sleep and time. So I think um, what I've read about it is they have to be kind of master communicators eventually too. So I kind of digress there. I didn't mean to get off the subject and kind of go further there. But so kind of, we, what do you look for? Because like if you're looking for one earlier on, you know, as an admin assistant role, uh, what kind of skills are you looking for in these people? Um, I think first and foremost, you're looking for a level of professionalism. 
How do they operate um, within your organization currently? Um, I know a lot of organizations prefer to hire from within. Um, I think that is very, very wise um, because they already have an understanding of the culture um, that is within the organization. They already have an understanding of systems and processes that are in place. They already know who the resources are that they can pull from when you get to another level. You know who to call for IT problems. You know who to call to clean a bathroom or, you know, whatever. You know who all of those sources are. So, you know, having that person that has a good understanding of how the organization works um, is really, really smart um, if you're looking to, um, you know, promote that person from within. Um, being confident. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I had to call, you know, a senator's office or a house representative's office or someone, you know, who is highly esteemed in the community and try to schedule an appointment with them and my executive. So, you know, being able to have that confidence um, just to get on the phone and call someone that you feel is really important, you know, it that um, it takes a lot. You can't be timid in that kind of work. Um, you know, even people coming into the office um, that are. Um, High-level individuals, um, you need to have that that confidence about you, um, you know, to be because you are that that first face that people see when they come into your office or come to meet with your executive. Um, so you need someone um, that's you know going to have that that nice smile. You know, doesn't necessarily have to be an extrovert. You know, could be, but they need to be able to you know be face to face with people in a confident way. Um, that you know represents your organization, represents your executive. Um, so this this brings it out. We've had this brought up in the podcast episodes before. It's like, you know, hiring from within definitely has some real advantages, you know, because these people are kind of a known quantity to you. Mm -hmm. You kind of already know some things about them. But let's say you've got somebody in your organization who you think might be a good fit for this role and you put them in the admin assistant role, but they need to have a higher degree of professionalism or a higher degree of confidence. Is this something you would recommend that they get some outside training on? Or, or what would you do if you needed to give them the skills to maybe help polish them up to be more of that role? I mean, I think uh, uh, two ways I think that you could fill this role. Um, one would be to have, you know, have that person work with someone else, whether it's a consultant from outside or um, a business coach of some sort to come in and kind of work with that person for a short time and help them um, with those skills. I mean, even online tutoring, online coaching, I mean, with our this 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 world was not available when I was in the corporate world. You know, you can just get a life coach and or a business coach and get on a Zoom call. That just wasn't a thing then. Uh, but now, you know, we have this this um, tool that's available. And so I think if that person, just like any other kind of training, if you're learning Microsoft Suite or, you know, learning, uh, you know, any sort of piece of technology, you can get on YouTube and find what it is you need to know. So you, they could do a self-taught kind of thing. And then, you know, putting into place, you know, here's a time frame. we would like to have, you know, these these skills and abilities kind of um, tuned up a little bit and have a time frame wrapped around that. Um, the other option would be is to hire a headhunter. Um, I had registered myself with several headhunters here in Kansas City, and I really loved working with them. They do a great job, like Robert Half and Morgan Hunter are the two organizations here that I worked with. Um, and I think they're kind of all over the country, actually. Um, so they vet these people for you. They do the testing and the training for you. And then you just pay a fee um, on top of that, whether you want to do attempt to hire um, or you want to do a permanent placement. 
um, they will help you through that process. And then you just pay the company a fee to help you with that. So um, great way to be able to find a, a really good executive assistant that's going to fit the culture that you need, um, you know, and then be able to try them out kind of like a temp to hire kind of situation. Um, that's, that's a really, that's a really strong idea, actually. Um, and yeah, Robert Half International, they, they actually, I guess there's some big organizations. I've never really thought about using a headhunter for an executive assistant, but I guess it makes perfect sense if this person can, if your executive is one of the most valuable people with the company and they're worth X hundred thousand or a million dollars a year, if they can increase your productivity by 50%, um, a fraction of that being spent on one of these people would be. Uh, money well spent any day of the week, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, let's say you promote from within and maybe this is this is the other side of the coin. You promote within, what would be kind of your deal breakers or the things to, the warning signs on these people to say, maybe I've got the wrong person in this role. Maybe this person wasn't set for this kind of thing. In the previous episode, you talked about promoting kind of a salesperson to manager. And anytime we promote from within, that's always been one of my concerns, mm-hmm. you know? is uh, it's always like, you know, when these you talk to these organizations, how do you know if you put somebody in the wrong role? What would you figure would maybe be, since this is such a key, you know, kind of Swiss Army individual, what would be the kind of signs you would look for that would say, hey, maybe this is the wrong fit for this particular role? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a couple of different things. I mean, one would be personality, um, um, and then the other could be their skill level. So depending on, you know, maybe which is more important to you, you know, do you want that chemistry, uh, to be able to have really good communication between them? If that's really important to you that you have really good communication and they're really good at that, but maybe they need some help and fine tuning their skills, maybe with, with PowerPoint or whatever software program that you use, and maybe they're just not quite to the level of expertise in some software program, you can get them training on that. I mean, that part's easy. Um, but the personality, the chemistry, the morals and ethics, you know, if, you know, something comes up that, you know, maybe looks a little shady that they're doing, or they're, you know, God forbid, stealing from your company, or, you know, just those little small things, you can kind of see those red flags, that stuff's not, not teachable, you know, that's within that person. Um, So stuff that's trainable and stuff that's just inherent. um, I think as a business owner, you've got to figure out which of those is more important to you and, and, and really concentrate on that one. So you've got an executive assistant in the role. And, um, the other thing I've seen, um, when I've talked to business owners before is that they're not sure they're managing their calendar, but uh, that's kind of the baseline type thing you want them to help you do. Right. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are ways you could really involve your executive assistant to really best utilize them? Like how do you maximize not just the production in that position, but how do you maximize their growth and the growth of your organization? What are the things that you should do as, um, as an executive with this kind of really key person there, what kind of things should you be looking at for them to do or learn? Mm. Well, um, from my experience, the, the best relation working relationships I had with my executives was sitting down and having conversation with them. Um, because I would let them know, Hey, I have done these things in the past for other executives. I can do these things for you which makes most sense for me to be able to take these on so that you can go out and you can do the work that you need to accomplish today. What of these things that I'm good at that I can take off your plate? So I think just being able to have that open line of communication and understanding 
what is this executive assistant's skill level? What does she, what is she good at? What is her experience? And then what on my plate can I take off and give to her, give to, to him or her? I, uh, I've had, uh, I've had some, consen- some, um, conversations with some people at some very high levels at some big fortune, you know, big companies. And, uh, I've had it said more than once by these, these people. And it's almost always gentlemen I've talked to in this role, not because there aren't women in this role, but just, it just happens to be this conversation has happened. They said, you know, if I could just get kind of a pepper pots, like, you know, Iron Man had pepper pots and I'm like, I'm like, and I, and I always look at the guys and I was like, yep. you realize that is fiction. <laughs> Right. You, you realize that that is uh, aside from the relationship thing, which is wholly inappropriate. You, you do realize that that is a fictional account. Right. But I guess the idea is that you have this other person who really is kind of um, uh, a stand in for you. Like if you can't be there, it sounds like at a very high level, some of these executive assistants, if you couldn't be there, they could kind of pinch hit for you mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. If they, lack of a better term. Um, I've always, I've always wondered kind of what, what that comes down to. It's just funny. Some of these conversations you have sometimes are just kind of like ridiculous. Um, the things they ask for, or, you know, can you get them to do X, Y, and Z? And I said, there's probably, there's probably limits, you know, there's probably, there's probably a set of skills or things that they have. Um, what kind of additional training would you recommend for executive assistants beyond? So let's say you're listening to this podcast right now and you're in, um, I want to flip this on its head a little bit and you're in an administrative assistant role or an executive assistant role, what advice would you give to those men and women who might be listening, who are in that role right now, for them to grow to their careers or on their own initiative? How do they become more valuable to the organization or, or you know, improve their position? Um, I would say the number one, the number one advice I would give is to know your industry. Um, I the last job that I worked in, in the corporate world was in oil and gas. I had never been in oil and gas before. We had three publicly traded companies. And part of my job was to understand how the markets worked in the oil and gas industry and be able to put that information in data on a spreadsheet. And then my boss went out and took that information and presented it to investors. I had never done any of that before, but I still had an understanding of I know where to gather the data. I know how to, I can teach myself how to, to, you know, read this data and then translate it and put it into a format that will make sense to put it on a PowerPoint so that my boss can go out and give these presentations. So the, it's, it's vitally important, whatever industry that you're in, have a high level understanding, or maybe I should say a low level understanding, um, somewhere in the middle, have an understanding of the industry that you're in, the population that you are serving, who your client base is or your customer base is, um, just having a, a little bit of information so that when you do get phone calls, you do get emails, people are asking you questions that you at least have an understanding and you can make an intelligent response. I guess part of it is, is if, if your executive that you're helping manage, if you have to go to them for every question or every answer, I think you, you lose a lot of utility or value in right. the role, right? Yeah. 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 I, I hadn't thought about to that. Be, um, they need to be driven. They need to be self-motivated. You know, that's not something that, that you can teach. It's something that's inside of here that if you can find the right person that is driven, that wants to do well, they want to learn more. They want to, you know, they want to, you know, get up that corporate ladder or they want to do the very best job that they possibly can. And they're asking, what else can I do? 
I mean, that right there is that's a that's a golden nugget right there. I uh, I did want to kind of talk about the well. This is not a question. This is more like the no BS portion of this this episode. Um, we had a thing before where we talked about in a very early episode of the Buck Stops here. It was this idea that if you want more in life, you have to be more in life. I was talking to a, a lady who had been out as a graphic designer, and uh, the, the catapult the company I work for full time um, talked about uh, you know. We, we deal with a lot of graphic designers and things like that. And I asked the, I asked this lady and she'd been out in her career, maybe five years. She's like, I really want to be an art director, creative director. And I asked her, I said, I said, so what have you done to say that you want to be more in this role? What kind of time and energy are you putting into doing these things? If you want to be creative director and she's like, well, I'm, I'm so busy at my job. And I was like, well, how much does your job take out of your life? She's like, you know, 40, 45 hours a week. And it's like, what do you do in your free time? Well, I'm off surfing or doing the following. And I was like, none of that is about sharpening your skills outside of work. If you want more out of life, you're going to have to be more. Because the people that you're competing with who want to become art directors live and breathe this stuff. They're out there doing these things. They have side projects when they are sharpening their own skills. They're getting involved with other experts in the industry right now. They're at least watching YouTube videos. And then they're putting what they've seen into practice. So to this episode's point, if you're an executive assistant or administrative assistant, you want to take that next leap and move up in your organization. If you want to get paid more, if you want to have more responsibility, if you want to grow in the organization, then you have to not only have, as Gretchen said here, the drive and determination, but you're going to have to put the time in. Uh, there's a good book called Managing Up that's out there. You can look at that and find it out on Amazon where it talks about managing and how you, you deal with the people who are above you in the organization. I'd recommend starting reading that. Just go look at these other things and find out. Go maybe talk to other executive assistants who work at other uh, places in your industry. In any city you're in, you can probably find some. Maybe go pick up a mentor or a mentee who can, um, a mentor in this particular case, who can maybe help you get to the next level. And I guarantee you, there are people out there as executive assistants right now who see where you are, you are and they see a version of themselves 10 or 15 years ago. And I guarantee you, they'd be more than willing to help you out. So that's the end of your no BS segment. If you want more, you got to go be more. So in the no BS segment of this podcast, we just said, you know, want more, be more. If you could go back in your career and when you were either a young administrative assistant learning things out, you know, or when you started becoming an executive assistant, what are kind of the three pieces of advice or maybe one or two pieces of advice you'd go back and give yourself in that role? What would you go back and tell Gretchen? Mm, don't be afraid to ask for more. Okay. More to do? You mean more to get paid? Both, what do you mean? Both. Don't Everything. Be afraid, don't be afraid to ask for more work. If you find yourself sitting at the desk and you're like, oh, I don't feel like I'm really earning my wages here. Um, ask for more work. See if there's other people in the organization that you can take some of their work, um, take it off of their plate and do more. Or you may be on the other side of the coin and you may just be at top full capacity. Ask for help. You may need to ask for help. There's so many um, organizations that I know of over the last, especially the last two and a half years, um, that jobs have been eliminated, positions have been eliminated, and they have taken two jobs and made one. And so now one person is doing the work of two people. So, you know, if you're at the level where you are just full up, you're like burnout is coming, like your health is suffering, ask for help. And if you are at that place and you know you can't get the help, ask for more money. Because if you are truly um, valued in the organization and your boss values you, 
um, if you're in a good place, they will value that and they will compensate you. And um, I've always heard it said, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's right. So that's kind of one of those things that's important. Yeah. So, well, Gretchen, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming out of the podcast today. If you guys would like to know more about Gretchen, you can find her online. We have links to those, those places below. The name of her company is Simply Living KC. She is a master organizer where she manages and and helps other people master the organization in their personal, professional life. And she comes in and does um, organization and some consulting for business owners. So if you're looking for more information, perhaps about how to uh, hire an executive assistant or want to get some feedback, or perhaps even get some per personal consulting or coaching for your administrative assistant who wants to become a better executive assistant, then uh, Gretchen is open to that kind of work. Uh, with that, Gretchen, I want to thank you for coming on today. It was a real pleasure getting to chat. David, this has been really great. I really appreciate it. I, I hope your audience got some uh, some good tools out of today. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they did. I'd like to thank Gretchen Moran for coming on the podcast today. If you'd like to find out more about her consulting services, you can find out more at simplyliving-kc.com. That's simplyliving-kc.com. If you liked what you heard here, please give us a thumbs up or five stars or provide a comment if you're on YouTube watching this right now. If you're trying to share this with other people, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever great podcasts are hosted. Again, I've been your host, David Maples. Go out there, be awesome, and have a great week. <laughs>